0: Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see.
1: Yeah.
0: Everything's
2: great. Everything is great. Everything is it's awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God.
0: Okay. This episode. Welcome. I just want to, before we get, I'll just welcome everybody into our little. uh, I like it. Our little cocoon here. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of SquintCast. My name is Kelly. And I'm Brittany. And this week, we're going to talk about season three, episode seven, called. The Boy in the Time Capsule. Yes. 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 Do you want
2: to talk right off the bat about who was directed by? Because it's pretty
0: cool. Okay. Yeah. You, I didn't even look that up. I was so focused on the composer.
2: Which I didn't get a chance to rewatch after we talked. So okay. I did not get to listen for the music, but I need to go back after we talk about it. Yeah. I want to listen to the music because you were saying it listen, was Listen, Just fantastic. listen to the music
0: in the next episode because it's the same guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Done. Yeah.
2: So this episode, do you know Rob Lowe, the actor Rob Lowe? (laughs) Okay. Brittany, Brittany, Are you aware of the uh, semi-famous actor Rob Lowe? Semi-famous? I'm joking. Semi-famous. He is hearing impaired in one ear. Did you know that? I recently found that
0: out. No. Okay.
2: Now you know. Well, did you know that he has a brother? His brother's name is Chad.
0: Yes, I know Chad Lowe. And Chad Lowe
2: directed this episode. No way! <laughs> that was the most convoluted way I could go about doing it, but he only directed one episode of Bones, and this was the episode.
0: Wow. The That's ep- weird.
2: Yeah. It's Why? random. It's a little bit random. I wonder if he's friends with the cast or friends with some of these people. Um, this episode was written by a woman named Janet Lynn. This was the only episode that she wrote in season three. Okay. She did not, she goes on to be an executive story editor for the rest of the show. She, she, uh, between writing and executive story editing, she does 48 episodes of the show. And she starts to write again, um, later, later on in the, uh, in the series. So, the writing I thought was very, very well done. Um, the directing was very good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's
2: a bit of a doozy. It's a, it, a it's bit. a good episode, but I just found it to be a little bit sad. But it, I'm going to figure out a good how
0: I feel about this episode later. I'm not. I don't know how I feel right now, but after we talk about it, I'll have a better idea. I'm just looking at Chad Lowe's directorial, like his filmography okay he has dabbled for a little while yeah you did 15 episodes of pretty little liars that was one of Allie's favorite shows in high school i was also obsessed and of course i know who rob lowe is because i knew rob lowe <laughs> before you knew who rob lowe was how do you know that you he know he has been a movie star for so long yes me. i know have you seen Sea Enamel's Fire? Okay, no. Have guess... you seen Youngblood? Yes. You saw Youngblood?
2: Young Blood I have seen.
0: What is the... it about?
2: I don't recall, but I know for sure I saw it because I recently Who's in it?
0: Well, I guess Rob Lowe. Who else? I don't know. Who plays his romantic interest? Okay, I literally have no idea, but I'm. You don't know that what I it's about. It.
2: No, how are you I don't certain? know anything about it. I'm looking. it It's a hockey right now. movie. Yes.
0: No, no, I definitely. It's a hockey yes. movie.
2: Anyway, regardless, you and I both we we
0: have tested my memory for shows and movies, and we know that it we're is we're going to move forward lacking, and talk about this episode because so, yes. we're going to talk about the <laughs> '80s, we're going to talk about high school, we're going to talk about all kinds of shit. So let's get going, girl. Let's. How do, do we it. start this episode? Let me start us off. We are
2: gathering with the class of 1987 of Foothill High School. And they are opening a time time capsule that was buried 20 years ago. This is very exciting. There are all sorts of people chatting about what's going to be in there. And they open it up. And we do not see what's inside right away. We skip to another scene with Booth and Brennan.
0: Well, we do see that there's just, just, what do you mean? Don't we? S- no, they try to open the thing. It's all oh, rusty. Oh, I need to scroll and down. Thing, Never mind. The thing is filled with disgusting water. And I'm on the, the wrong principal- page of my notes. Okay.
2: <laughs> I okay, just no. want to
0: say, before you go on.
2: Yes. Let me try again, two- but tell me more.
0: The first two main people we see are two Veronica Mars alumni, people who have, were both in Veronica Mars. I felt like the beginning of this was like a Veronica Mars episode. And then um, I thought everybody was way too excited at this event.
2: People were so excited. There were actually a lot of people that showed up. Like yeah. my 10 year reunion just or my 15 year reunion just happened and not that many people were there. I was not yeah, there you know, but like I saw six a people
0: for dinner exactly.
2: Yeah, there's like no one there. But they they're all gathered around in a field um about to open this thing up. They're all getting super excited about it and now I'm looking at my proper notes which is great. And <laughs> um they go to open it up and it reeks. Everyone is like gagging. They're wanting to turn away from this and They go to look inside, and they pull out a skull in a bunch of gobbledygook, and it's very disgusting. Yes.
0: Do you have anything to add, Kelly, now that I am talking about the right part of the episode? I just want to say, the guy who's there, who's, like, (laughs) announcing this big event, he's the principal of the high school, I guess, and he, I watched this a couple times, and the second time I watched it, the principal, he calls this computer tech guy that's there. He calls him Bill. Yeah. In, instead of Gil, instead he says my Gil. name is Gil. And I just want to yeah. put a pin in that. And I want you to remind me or I'll try to remember that. Okay. Anyway, regardless, it's again, people are way too excited. It's so funny.
2: way too excited. This actor was in a show that Mark and I recently watched. Um, Oh god. I'm gonna forget what it's called, so it's not gonna be that useful. But with really? you know, La- Law and Order SVU Stabler. You know the <sighs> no the actor who plays stable. You don't know from Law and Order SVU? I don't watch that show. What? Okay, anyway. He's a very he's like the main character of Chris Christopher. I'm Maloney. gonna look here. Oh, Chris, I know him. Yeah. It's a show called Happy, and it's very yes. unusual. Did you watch I've it? I've heard about it. I've heard okay, about it. Okay, very yeah. good. It's like, kind of dark humor, but it's... Chris Maloney good. is, like,
0: the hottest 65-year-old man you've ever seen in your life. He's 65? Or he's, like... Or 60, maybe. Hold on. Let me see. I think he just turned 60. 62. Jeez. He looks great. Yeah, he's 62. For him. <laughs> oh, my God. No. He No. Okay. Brittany, he looks great. Are you kidding me? Have you not seen him? He looks very good. <laughs>
2: Were you the one who suggested that I should watch only murder in the buildings or only murders in the buildings? Sorry. Possibly. Have you watched it? I do like it. I haven't watched the latest season. The first season in the first season, she has like a, the main character has a cutout in her like bedroom at home at her parents' house of Christopher Maloney. And she makes a comment about that. She's like, yeah, he uh, kept it tight.
0: Oh my God! What he did? What is that on? I think he did an ad for Peloton. Oh my God! Or these socks, and he opens, he wakes up in bed, and he's naked, and he's walking around, and they're they're blurring out his dick, and they're showing his socks. It's really funny. It's really funny. (laughs) He's He's very funny. You know, he's really funny in. A movie and a show called Wet Hot American Summer. I think Mark yes. would love Wet Hot American Summer. We've seen the show. Show? Yeah, yeah seen the we movie. Saw the, we saw the show. We should watch the movie. Oh, the movie is... The show came out after the movie. Yeah. It's so Bluff good. Love watch.
2: Mark loved anyway, it, though. You're
0: right. Spot on.
2: Okay. Ruth and Brennan, they come
0: to the scene. Tell me more, Kelly. Okay, so Booth and Brennan arrive at this scene where they've discovered a skull and a time capsule. Um, and Booth is like really excited about being at a high school, talking about the field and stuff. And I was like, I just said it was so weird that he was doing that and to let it go. So I was weird. just like, let it go, let it go. Let it go. Anyway, the funniest part is this, there's a security dude giving them a rundown on what happened. Yeah. And he, he says he was expecting to see the 10,000 Maniacs album, which made me laugh so hard. I went, ha 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 ha. ha, ha. <laughs> Do you know the know. 10,000 Maniacs No, okay. and I didn't look at oh, it. What's up happening? I,
2: Here I we wanted go. to be able to tell you
0: that I didn't know. Ah hold on you go what's that what happened so anyway brennan identifies the skull as being belonging to a male in their late teens gill this computer tech guy who was there earlier who apparently went to this high school and was there for the time capsule opening he gets involved and tells them exactly how the the time capsule was sealed And it just occurred to me now like this time capsule is massive. Have you ever seen something like that? Oh, it's huge. Like our time capsules were like a box.
2: I'm not even sure that I had one. (sighs) I
0: can't remember. They're like little boxes, they're not huge metal, like welded together, huge. Yeah. Round containers. Well, now we know why we
2: don't waste our time on that because it was compromised anyway.
0: Yes. So there's all this water. So Booth wants to pack everything up. Brennan decides to drill a hole in the side to drain all the liquid out. And then, anyway, everybody's really fascinated by how Brennan solves this problem of transporting the capsule intact by removing the liquid by drilling a hole in it. And I was just like, is that seems like a very logical way to go about it (laughs) i don't understand it seems like it makes
2: sense um the booth brennan dynamic in this episode it really shows in this like it carries on through the whole episode and we get started here um she agrees with us that booth is acting ridiculous by being like mvp of my senior year i got a touchdown yeah i'm amazing um by telling her that (laughs) by uh T- telling him that um yeah there are other there are tribes and other things where they also tell stories of power and agility that has faded away <laughs> <laughs> and he is so offended and is like okay sorry no, we need to focus on the case just concentrate on the case <laughs> but he, he was not concentrating to begin with Kelly's room is so clean <laughs> <laughs> He's showing it off to me right now it's really nice
0: <laughs> i'm performatively showing showing off like Price's right style the horrible cluttered hell that is the third floor office <laughs> i love it anyway <clears> where are we great.
2: back okay, at well the lab we gotta go back to the lab yes do you Uh-oh. want to tell me more about it
0: yeah, there's a VCR tape playing in the background while everybody's getting talking about this crap. Why is this tape playing in the background? And everyone's pulling shit out, uh, pulling stuff out of. Oh, the videotape is showing people putting crap into the capsule, yeah. and, and they're anyway, taking I, stuff my question out was and trying to
2: figure out what's what went in. Where or... did,
0: but where did the videotape come from? Of them putting the stuff into the capsule.
2: Maybe like, it where is this...
0: from Gil. But where is it from? Like, it's so strange. Anyway, there's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of teens on the tape talking about what they're putting inside. And one guy stands out in the video. He talks about how music will be on a, a microchip one day. He's like kind of a nerdy computer dude, as you can imagine. Yeah. Anyway, when he says it, everybody laughs at him. Ha ha ha. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm on... I didn't believe it either. I didn't believe that it would happen. I did not yeah. believe it like when i was with my ex-boyfriend in halifax he used to get so angry with his client Cause john my ex was a graphic designer and his client always used to say this stupid shit where he go why don't can't you just t- type into the computer uh mount rushmore and pictures of mount rushmore will show up and my fr- my boyfriend and i used to laugh and laugh and laugh yeah. about how stupid that was and how it will never happen what does he think this is? And sure enough, here we are. Mount Rushmore and pictures of Rush Mount Rushmore show up. so <laughs> Oh my god. Well, like it's amazing things like that before they actually happen. Well, it makes me think like maybe I should start believing crap like that and think, yeah, maybe one day that could happen, you one know day. what I mean?
2: Maybe one in day in my they lifetime. Can teleport.
0: In my lifetime I've gone from doing you know, command prompts on my hard drive to what we have now. So yeah, <laughs> who knows? That's true.
2: Lots anyway. of changes in such a, such a short period of time. It's, this is the most disgusting, one of the most disgusting activities that they've ever done. They're trying to find, they're kind of cross-referencing what went into the capsule versus what they're pulling out. I'm trying to see Well, if first we talk different. about the bones,
0: right? Because Zach and Bren yep. are talking about the bones they found. They make note that there are several instances of the bones being broken. Yeah. Um, or something, you know, and, the, and then healed many times over. So, and then Hodgins arrives and gives Zach a hard time. Cam shows up and then Angela, it's all an interesting, like the director chose Chad Lowe, the director. I like this way of sort of slowly, everybody kind of enters into the scene. And then they all start reminiscing about the eighties. And I was thinking that Brennan was 11 years old in 1987. And I want to know how old Angela is.
2: Probably even younger.
0: And but I was she thinking- was getting
2: flashbacks to braces and stirrup pants Listen, and a side like, ponytail,
0: right? Which is fine. I'll just let you know. I never wore stirrup pants. Okay. And I never had a side ponytail. Okay. Okay.
2: I definitely okay. had a side pony. And I went to high school in the yeah. But you're not an '80s girl.
0: 2000s. Exactly. You're not True. an '80s girl. Okay. No. Regardless, I think stirrup pants were awful they look terrible on me i just gonna say this much is that angela walks into what would normally be like a horror scene yeah there's guts and bones and blood everywhere and she's talking about this side ponytail like she's acting like she can't even see what's in front of her that she would normally be yeah ew gross other episodes she's had to like she's had to be like sorry i must leave okay you ready
2: yes Is that there the song go. that plays? No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just a cover of "Because the Night" by Ten Thousand Many. Yes, I was gonna play a oh. song. I apologize, that was a cover. Um, I could probably that's cut not that. That's very out. good. No, I What's like it. One more than this, trouble me. Oh, trouble me. Maybe trouble. This is not what I expected.
1: On the
0: days when you, you 10,000 Maniacs were huge. And the woman who was the lead singer is Natalie Merchant. She put out an awesome, like, the solo record right after they split up. That I, to this day, sing all those songs still. Like, I can sing all the words. I know the album that wow. Natalie Merchant put out. I love Natalie Merchant. I love singing along with her voice because, like, like, I can just... It's It's very nice. I love Natalie Merchant. Anyway,
2: I did not expect that to be the music that came from that name. I know, right? I thought it was going to be like a hardcore rock band.
0: No. You're poppy, (laughs) not rocky. Yeah, a little bit, right?
2: Yeah. Well, Kelly. Retreated to a
0: sketch. Angela shows us a sketch. It's not really flattering, and I can't wait to play with it. Regardless, Zach recognizes the sketch. He goes, "Wow, that looks like somebody from the videotape." So they rewind it and watch it, and ta da da da. So
2: it's our victim.
0: It's our victim. Roger I forget Dillon. his name. Roger Dillon. That's it. And then Brennan asks, like the big. uh you know, whodunit question, the whole purpose of our show. She, she says, How did Roger Dylan get from here into there? Like, I was like, Oh, good one, Brennan. <laughs> and then we have our intro. Bum, 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 da, da 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 All right, you know what? This episode, man.
2: There, what do you think? What do you think of this
0: episode? I'm, I'm don't know about this episode. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I still don't know how to feel about it. Oh my god! But I, just before you start, so we're uh, yes, we come back from our intro, and I the scene opens with Hodgins walking around with a bottle of stuff which he calls goop or whatever. And we find out that it's Roger Dylan's liquid remains and Ugh. he's like shaking it a little bit. And he it reminds me of the last episode where he said, I never liked Kyle Aldridge when he was shaking around that test tube with stuff. Yeah. He seems to have these, 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 these last couple episodes, these scenes where he's opening with these walking around with sludge and just being, kind of um cheeky yeah cam doesn't like that <laughs> do you even want to talk about this episode yeah i do okay why i had because i had this moment where i was like let's just like hurry up and i don't yep. care about this episode <laughs>
2: we can, this could can be let's see if we can set a record for our shortest episode there's okay, there's let's go, Cam. There's only 27 scenes. Okay, so Cam, Cam is not liking this. She's saying you got to call him Roger, buddy. You can't just like call this person Sludge. So they're gonna do a chemical. He's gonna do a chemical analysis because he came across some unidentified organ organophosphate. Anyway, nerve gas. There's mm-hmm. appears to be nerve gas in his, yeah. in his blood. Um, he also has a a, ri- a wrist fracture, which would be. Like if your arm were taken behind your back and they took your lunch money is what Hodgins was saying. Anyway, so he had some trouble at home possibly. He could have had, uh, they they are speculating he would have had to be at home because the fractures and the healing predate even him being in high school.
0: Question. So yes. Cam is wearing a lab coat with custom stitching on it ask your sister if there's such a thing as yes. customized lab coats
2: there is i asked her and she oh said you yes. did um. yes so she also those girls have not been fired yet what? No I don't way.
0: That that's is crazy if you haven't heard we're talking about a, an ongoing investigation at britney's sister's scientific lab God. place
2: it's crazy. Anyway, we will continue to keep
0: you updated. Okay. It is an
2: ongoing situation where they have fancy lab coats.
0: Right. And so the next sabotaging. scene we have, <laughs> yes. And the next scene oh. we have Booth and Brenner, Brennan who go to visit Roger's father at his father's house. The house is a little run down, which makes me think I should rent my house out for horror movies, honestly. Um, I think it would be great. I could make a lot of money as a like a you know in a, an independent movie where there's somebody who's like a little dodgy maybe there's a murderer you know you could come rent my place it'd be perfect anyway we also found out finding out that the father
2: a to it to make it dodgy
0: <laughs> more halls more holes in the wall i don't think so <laughs> we also find out that roger was an abusive alcoholic and didn't seem to care at all about where her his son went which is insane yeah. to me which is so sad it's crazy. And I don't yeah. want to bring it down, but it just reminds me of how my father completely wrote off my sister, right? And when she died, he didn't seem to care at all. So it was just like really wild. That's anyway. so sad. So this is when Booth and Brennan tell the father that Roger is dead. And they say it very ratter And the father is quite upset. The father tells them to talk to his old best friend from high school, Gil Bates. Yes, uh, the guy from earlier, the the computer tech guy who was at the time capsule opening because they were best friends. So as Booth and Brennan walk away, the father tells them that he's sober now and they don't really react at all to him telling them that he just kind no. of just says it. And then that's it. I think,
2: yeah, they really judged him for the fact that he beat his kid.
0: I'm so... sorry, but I judge him for not knowing where the fuck he was for 20 years
2: literally not even one phone call one letter didn't attempt to reach out to him i don't like that we end up back at the lab which is back at the lab where we are going through the time capsule which i jumped ahead a little bit before so they're going through the time capsule they have a little list and they're saying okay this is what went into the time capsule yep check that was on there yep check that was on there they go list by, they go item by item Then Angela and Hodgins have a weird conversation about being a nerd fantasy and being into Barbie and blah, blah, blah. They're just being creeps. It's fine. We don't need to talk too much about that. And, uh, oh, there's St. Elmo's Fire.
0: The videotapes of St. Elmo's Fire is in it too.
2: Yes. They also, (laughs) they also find a yearbook as well, which is interesting. We will talk about that later. And so they pull out a couple things. <laughs> of course there's a yearbook. Yes, but we're going to talk more about it later because it's important.
0: <laughs> anyway, there's two uh, anomalies, right?
2: Yes, there's two anomalies. There's a pocket watch that's in there, which is not on the list, and there's a, there's also a computer disk. So, they want Not just any kind
0: tr- of disk, Brittany. It's a floppy disk. It is a
2: floppy disk. Which... Have you ever seen
0: a real floppy yes, disk? Yes, Kelly. I okay. use <laughs> many a floppy disk.
2: I'm not that young.
0: I just <laughs> want to say, they ask Angela if she could retrieve data off this floppy disk, which is the anomalous thing they find that's not on the list that was packed in the time capsule. Yeah. And I have to say, like, if she's able to do that, she's a genius. She's a genius. I thought she was an artist. I didn't realize she was an IT person. Well, she invented the angelator. That's true. She is
2: a an IT person and artist. So there's some a little bit of residue that's on the watch. It, the watch is like very fancy, according to Hodgins, and he's a billionaire. So I guess we'll take his word for it. Yes. Um, they're thinking maybe <laughs> the residue could tie into what the poison is that they found. So yeah. Hodgins is going to go take a look. So Angela's got the computer disk. Hodgins has the pocket watch. Let's see what they find out.
0: Doo, 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 doo. I'm just going to point out the music here and the scene is very creepy. And then we see Booth and Brennan are driving. They're having a discussion. Brennan doesn't, they're coming back from the father's house. She doesn't think the father did it. I mm-hmm. agree with her. Yeah, Booth starts prying to get Brennan to share some sort of fun teenager story. Then she tells him about a guy she used to like who apparently embar- embarrassed her with a Secret Santa gift of brainy Smurf when she wanted the Smurfette. Girl. Smurfette. That's it. Yeah, and this is like apparently very traumatic for her. Um, Booth <laughs> I start taking serious.
2: I couldn't take it seriously.
0: Listen, I was just wrote, Brendan, honey, you've actually experienced trauma. This stuffed toy shouldn't really have made that much of an impact. No, it should not be a core bad memory. <laughs> but here we go with our B plot where Brendan accuses Booth of being one of quote unquote those guys. And he claims to know what she's not. He doesn't. He claims he doesn't know what she's talking about when she says he's one of those guys. So he
2: knows what one of those guys is. Give me a of break. Of course because he does. was one of those guys. Of so he would know he what does. one of those guys is. Okay. Well, we're back with with Gil Bates, who is not one of those guys. Um, at the F- at the FBI headquarters. Yeah. Uh, he is absolutely distraught that this is his best friend that was found on the time capsule. Uh he had assumed there was a note apparently that was left at the mother's place uh by by his friend Roger at the time when he when he disappeared, saying that he couldn't be around his dad anymore. The kids at school were really mean, and he just couldn't take it anymore, and he was gonna go off and find his own life and don't look for him, basically. So he just assumed that maybe one day he would hear from him and kind of moved on but he you get the impression that this is a friend that kind of left a lasting impression on him so you feel pretty bad for this guy that he's finding out that this kid is never gonna contact him again because he met his untimely demise basically at around the time of the note this kid ca- this character this character usually plays like creepy bad guys like creepy villains does he does so This is a totally different character for him, in my opinion.
0: I don't think he always plays a bad guy. Not
2: always, but most recently in that happy show that I was talking about. He's in that too. Oh yeah. He plays like such a creepy bad guy.
0: I'm not to, not to say that he's not good at playing uh, creepy guys. Yeah. But he plays mostly just nerds and stuff yeah he's a really good actor he's a a phenomenal actor i really like his character patrick patrick fishler and he's been around forever like he was in mad men for god's sake like he's really really good regardless um i just gonna show you a picture of Allie when she did gymnastics it's because i'm in greg's office i'm surrounded by all this stuff i love it show me everything gymnastics Oh, my gosh. Where did she do gymnastics? Just up the street for a while. Premier Gymnastics Club, it's called. Okay.
2: Because I did gymnastics at Birchmount Gymnastics Club. And we had very similar leotards.
0: Oh, God. They're all the same. It's Although crazy.
2: she and I, I'm sorry. I just tried to loop her into my age group. And we are <laughs> nowhere near the same. So oh, you're, not no you're closer,
0: than we, closer than me and Allie. I guess so. But... So where are we? We're back anyway, at the lab.
2: We're back at the lab. And
0: Hodgins! Wild, wild. Tell me more, Kelly. Hodgins! He tells us that the floppy disk and the pocket watch were definitely in Roger's jeans and that there was cocaine in the watch. Hodgins gets all excited because he thinks it's like Miami Vice. Do you know what Miami Vice is? Yes. Brittany, I know what Miami Vice is. You know, Vice
2: I'm just going to keep doing that. I'm just going <laughs> to keep asking if you know
0: 80s things. It's so I funny. I mean, like 90%, maybe not, but this one I do know, so so this i'm just gonna say this next tangent we go on it was so unnecessary regardless cam looks up on the computer for anyone from the school who may have had an arrest record and lo and behold a black man pops up on the screen and he was apparently arrested for dealing drugs i don't like where this is going at all and i don't like where it went i don't like the any of it like it's just like awful it's so next We have Booth interviewing this guy in his office. They're sitting directly in front of each other. Not like there's no desk between them. They're like sitting next to each other in his office. It's an interesting interview. It is his (sighs) office
2: though. You pointed out a few episodes ago that where they interview them makes a huge difference for their level of perceived guilt.
0: I, I believe so. I, I think, think so. That that's I've noticed there's always like the way they interview people. Remember back in the the man that lived underground and uh, yes, there was a and they and interrogated was, him in the interrogation room. Him, but there was that bright light that was shining on yes. him. Yes, and then he had the orange jumpsuit. Anyways, just like so tragic. I hated every minute of it. Yeah. Um. So next, Booth has this African American man in his office interviewing him about. This scenario, he was apparently a science teacher at the high school where Roger went. This guy is so mad about this situation, and I would be too. So it turns out that he oh, was yeah. arrested for having a couple of joints in his pocket and a few ounces at his house. Booth drums up some kind of scenario where like, oh, maybe Roger was dealing for you and he wanted to get paid and he didn't pay him. It's like, it turns out this guy, the science teacher dude says no it was this guy john adamson this pokehead hockey player that cheated on an exam and because i caught him he called the cops on me and i got arrested so he could retake the test and ta-da-da like it's so crazy and i wanted to i know we've talked about this before like when was marijuana legalized in washington It was much later. I think 2007
2: or 2009 we found out. It was a while ago. I'm going to look it up again.
0: Yes, you look it up. Anyway, the fact that Booth was threatening this guy with jail from, you know, saying that he murdered Roger and the guy saying why would I even tell you anything if I did it like why would I tell you the truth like this is crazy I'm married I have a business I have kids like I'm not doing this this is crazy like yeah. he was just so over it and I was too I was so upset about it and you know what this never comes back this never comes back this character never no. comes back nobody talks about it it's just like this red herring that I just felt was so I hated I hated the whole tangent I think anyway I went on too
2: long about that sorry <laughs> no you didn't at all but I think in 2015 it became like legal so okay, much later no all right we finally 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 yes sweets is back it's very sweets exciting. is back in town and he's back to stay I hope so back okay so sweets I'll in the background with Booth and Brennan I love it is, sweets Sweet. is there with Booth and Brennan for their Sweet. uh their regular Sweet. session. And Booth wants no part in this uh psychological Sweet. examination of the two of them. He just wants them, town. he just wants sweets Sweet. to help with psychological profiling. Sweet. And Kelly is singing Sweet. and dancing in the back, and it's just wonderful. Sweets is back.
0: <laughs> sweets is back.
2: Okay. <laughs> Booth is like, sweets, these are all the details of this case. Tell me who did it. I need your psychological profiling. <laughs> like We don't need to talk anymore. And Brennan is sitting there. Oh my God. (laughs) Booth is having, Booth is just annoying in this episode. And Brennan is having none of it. She's like, Sweets, he made fun of my story about the Smurfette. Because I was Smurfette and this jock gave me Geek Smurf. And that was not very nice. And Booth is like, okay, I'll tell you a story about, yes, my hard time as a kid mm. but basically sweet says oh okay yeah you were that guy weren't you weren't you booth yeah and um yeah booth is just being kind of tag-teamed <laughs> attacked by sweets and brennan Deserve he deserves it but he's supposed to share an emotionally humiliating episode from his youth with brennan to make them even and in exchange sweets will come up with a profile
0: of mm-hmm. the killer and booth says okay sweets you will reveal the profile and i will reveal myself to bones and then he immediately regrets <laughs> what he said so it was uh, th-
2: that that's not a weird but you know you know what i mean
0: <laughs> yeah uh, it's <sighs> so funny but this like like this is a. And it's true. Booth is acting like that guy who's sort of like gaslighting oh, yeah. Brennan, dismissing her feelings and then he's bullying Sweets into doing what he wants. Like he's just being like so entitled and um privileged and he's just like walking around being a dick and it's like I think it's really funny cuz Booth isn't really like that, but I for the no. purposes of this episode obviously they're trying to like do this b-plot or whatever so anyway oh yeah they're like super playing it up which is
2: fine honestly it's not actually annoying brennan is annoyed by it but it's actually a little bit funny
0: so eh, let it happen (laughs) exactly so i'll just say yeah back at the lab back at the lab we find out that the we find out that our victim roger didn't do cocaine and the teacher's off the hook so i was like phew another black man saved from prison (laughs) so oh my god thank god he didn't go to jail anyway go on this poor guy
2: had made a whole life of himself life for (sighs) himself and he's being brought in interrogated by the fbi
0: awful so
2: so he didn't do cocaine and it turns out that that toxin that they found in the blood was barely enough to even make a mouse cough so he definitely wasn't poisoned to death but zach comes in is like dr saroyan come with me i found an anomaly (laughs) <laughs> so he's found a mark on the victim's skull which would indicate that the victim was cut uh, there was a weapon that was thrust in the neck and cut both the carotid artery artery and the jugular vein at the same time so he would have bled out instantaneously basically they're mm-hmm. going to try to figure out what the murder weapon was it doesn't seem very obvious definitely wasn't a knife so they're going to try to figure that out but doesn't seem like it's going to be a very easy process. Angela and Hodgins have the weirdest relationship ever they're back in her office now and Hodgins (laughs) Angela is showing what she found on this disc she's on this computer looks like a Commodore 64 do you know what a Commodore 64 is it is a Commodore Amiga apparently (laughs) (laughs) I do not my first computer was a desktop that ran like windows 95 or something i can't remember but so she puts the floppy disk into the drive and hodgins is oh wow no i do know what that is i think we might have had one of these all the schools had them in the maybe that's what i'm remembering it from schools had them in the 90s like early 90s
0: yeah, like late eighty, early nineties for sure. Yeah,
2: I think that's where I remember it from.
0: But after I have definitely I, seen that, like had moved forward, so we didn't really have them everywhere. Like it was, uh... I didn't have a Commodore sixty four. I had an Apple two at home. We had when I, by the time I got to grade
2: five, they replaced the computers with the Apple. At my elementary just... school.
0: I was one of the only people five? ever like I was one of the first people to have like a computer in my house actually. Like I had a an Apple II. And that was in the early 80s, mid
2: eighties. That was pretty advanced to have a, a computer at home, wasn't I it? I
0: loved that computer. I loved it. I used to play Space yeah. Invaders and Pong and Lemonade. And then I would print, I would write all my stories and I'd print them on the dot matrix printer. So it was like the printer that had the whole, the three yeah, the yeah. punches punch out holes yeah. and it was like, all yeah. that's so awesome. Yeah.
2: I just remember playing when I was in elementary school, I remember they had Oregon Trail on the computers and I was like yeah. obsessed.
0: Yeah. You're just like my, uh, my old, uh step kids yeah about your age they're about your age Okay, yes so they had they definitely had oregon trail oh
2: addicted snake my dad had this game on his like the the laptop he had from work that was like you had to beat all these levels anyway it was like it was kind of like snake
0: that's my apple too
2: oh my god I'm having flashbacks right now. <laughs> I had an Apple too. That but is anyway,
0: awesome. We're reminiscing too much. See, we don't yes, want to talk sorry. about this. We
2: can't make this our most efficient episode ever. Okay. So <laughs> she's on the Commodore. Okay. She's on the Commodore. Yes. And he's being creepy because he's like, oh, you're my geek princess. Because and he's, he's a creep. Suck out your soul. I'm like, whoa. Because he's okay. a creep. Anyway, it's weird. This because first he's person shooter game, he's a He's a creep. <laughs> 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 so a first person shooter game appears on the screen and Hodgins is losing his mind yeah. because Angela makes the point that, Oh, she, he's, she's, she's kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's a primitive doom. Who cares? And Hodgins makes the point that this guy was well beyond his years. He was very advanced. And if this, if this doom had come out in 1993, and we're talking about a disc that was was made in 1987 so six years yeah. before so if this had come out if they had released this at that time the victim roger would have been a billionaire he's saying so yeah. that's definitely a good motive for murder i would say mm-hmm. do you want to talk about booth and brennan getting? okay so the coffee? next
0: scene Booth and Brennan are apparently in the FBI kitchen pouring themselves a cup of coffee before they have to go in and talk to someone in Booth's office. And he's trying to tell her a story about his childhood. And she's arguing that it's not humiliating enough. Basically, all of it had something to do with winning a football game or losing a football game. And then he tries to one-up it by telling a story about how he was screwing around with a girl under the bleachers and she found out that he was doing it with somebody else earlier so she stole all his clothes and then everything and ran away and he had to run run around naked and it, he was laughing about it and she's like and oh it was very God, cold all, all of your stories are about you know sexual prowess and conquests and you never you're always winning you're always having a good time everything's funny she's like nothing's humiliating for you ever and he's like yeah but it was cold outside you know so he's trying to talk about his dick and she's saying you just want to show you all you want to do is show off your dick like basically and then they're walking in into his office and gil is sitting there because they're going to talk to gil again and they're talking to him about this video game we just discovered that angela just discovered and gil
2: agreed that he knew that roger was well well beyond his time Mm -hmm. that he had this game idea that was incredible they had this whole plan and they were working behind the scenes he was paving driveways and Roger's doing some work at a roller rink and they were raising money so that they could buy the computers and all the equipment that they needed so that they could make this game a reality and and put it out um basically become famous from it from it mm. um but he disappeared so that was a bit of a problem um one of the other ways that Roger had made some money is by tutoring a cheerleader named janelle in math yeah and then that cokehead hockey player um yeah he wrote his sats for him so he was able to make some cash off of that john adamson is the guy that he wrote the sats for and gil had a very poor opinion of him he he called him yeah. a nasty piece of work yeah. so clearly
0: we have to talk to john adamson clearly clearly booth and brennan are driving they start cooking up a theory that john adamson actually killed roger with his hockey skate because it's possible that this mark that zach found and the way he bled out blah 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 could have been done by a hockey skate so if we meet john adamson in a restaurant that looks like wong Fu's a little bit but it's like an old steakhouse vibe yeah with red velvet booths and there's lots of people we meet john adamson's Anyway, I miss Wong Fu so much. I wish we could still go there. I wish and we could eat there. This guy is just a smarmy, like he does uh, political campaigns, like a campaign manager for politicians. So he's a little bit smarmy and very, again, entitled. Uh, privilege, blah, blah, blah. Pretends yeah. or claims not to remember Roger or Gill until Booth gives him the what for. And then yeah. Adamson he coughs up that Roger asked for more money Yeah, to not rat him out that he wrote his SATs. And so he gave him like a bunch of some cash in his wallet and his pocket watch to make him go yeah. away. You know, that watch with hid the hidden
2: compartment for cocaine, but Adam's obviously has no idea. What the same
0: pocket watch that. they found. Yes. Yeah.
2: So what's the other, other than just seeing his character who is obviously a slime ball, I thought yeah. it was hilarious and we didn't talk about it when when they were pulling it out of the time capsule. But this mm. guy had signed his hockey skate and put it in the time capsule like it would be worth a lot of money when they mm. opened
0: it. Doesn't look like he went very far with hockey. <laughs> Can I ask you before we yes. move forward? And we will move forward, I promise. We're gonna skate through this because neither of us are I'm not into this episode as much as I definitely was the last one, but regardless were you this delusional in high school definitely not that you would sign something going i'm going to be famous one <laughs> definitely not were you i i was already like basically a drunk i didn't live at home i was living with my boyfriend you now i moved in with him when i was 16 and Allie was giving me such a hard time about that because he was like 24 and I was 16. He's like, she's oh like, my oh my God, God that is so bad. And I was like, I know, but whatever, it happened. <laughs> anyway, blah, blah, blah. I uh, <laughs> My life was I'm very different. My life was very different. I was like, you know, I know. Yeah, it's like trying to like scrape up enough money to buy cigarettes, you know? I did not need to, I was not scraping up enough money
2: to buy cigarettes, but I definitely <laughs> was not signing my volleyball uniform and throwing it in a capsule, thinking that I was the next best thing. <laughs> ah, it's <that's> great. <laughs> my God. Regardless. My, in my last two years of high school, my mom went away to medical school. So it was just my dad, me and my sister. Your mom went to medical school? She did when I was in grade 11. So, and is she a doctor? She graduated school, but didn't do, didn't finish her resident. Her father passed away when she was doing a residency. So she took time off and then she didn't end up going back. But she got, she did like, she did all four years. I think it was just the practical experience. She, she didn't finish. does she
0: want to do it still i think
2: she thinks about it sometimes but that's yeah i don't know i think about that sometimes about so i i got we my dad wasn't my dad didn't really cook so my sister and i and him every night we would go to swish la for dinner (laughs) that's great because we went to swish la so often they offered me a job so, oh my god, I forgot you worked there. Yeah, so in the summers, I worked as a hostess until I was old enough to waitress. Oh my god. So, but I didn't sign my um, my apron. Your Swiss chalet, my time apron? Capsule. wow, I'm gonna own this company one day. I didn't. So, what do you mean she went away? She moved to Cayman Islands for like two years, well, for four years.
0: Four years. So, did you ever see her?
2: We went for like, we would go see her. We would go visit her at like Christmas break and stuff. What about your dad? Yeah, he would go, he would go visit every so often. Like a little bit more often, I think. So random.
0: Okay. (laughs) This is another conversation we have to have off the pod. (laughs) We will discuss further. That is
2: wild. That was my final years of high school experience. Honestly, I was so busy doing like, I I kept so bit. I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was like 25
1: Uh.
2: and I had no idea. But in hindsight, when I was diagnosed, it was very obvious, but I was so busy that I didn't have time to like, I had to be focused when I needed to be focused to be able to get like, I had so little time to like do my studying because I was like playing sports. I was like choir. I was in all these things.
0: Yeah. But also was... parents don't matter. Like when you're a teenager, no, you barely know they exist unless yeah. they stop feeding you or giving yes. you money.
2: <laughs> That's true. So yeah. So at that point, like you're just so busy, right? You don't really realize.
0: Like when Greg got upset, he gets upset sometimes when the the kids don't spend time. But like when they were teen, teenager, I said, Greg, do you, do you even know your parents existed when you were that age, first of all? Yeah. And now like they're so busy. Like Allie's finishing. She's in school. She has an exam tomorrow. She's been oh, studying yeah. all the time. And then Luke, he's got a full-time job. He just graduated from university. Like it's a huge transition. She just moved back oh, yeah. from the UK. She's doing a huge transition. So it's like, it's a lot for them to like, ease into this new life style yeah. so within a few years I'm, then they'll they'll yeah I find i'm like, hoping yeah. we see them more i hope we see them you more will i love for them. sure i love them yeah i really love oh, them they're great. i really i i have the comparison disease i think like they don't like me as much as obviously like their mother is our mother and she's better than me and they like her better and they want to be around her she more, is not and, better than you. But I was just well. She, she just is. plays She's a slightly mother. different role. Yes, and I just like w- I have that comparison thing where I think like, but I don't want to have to do any more than I already do. You know, to prove well, and you that I have love to, them. No, but I want to be around them. You know, like we should just be hanging out and not do anything. You know, hundred percent. And they're great kids. I can say that because they the, are. They're, I'm. They're younger than me but anyway anyway regardless the tangent now we have a really good tangent we have a good scene yes yes. oh yes
2: we're back with
0: oh yeah oh Oh, sorry yes we did we finish with the adams and stuff anyway they talked to him at the steakhouse it's a very similar situation to our african-american friend we never see this person again and they're quickly ruled out quickly ruled out because
2: He's not as big as he thought he was going to be back in high school. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Very interesting. They're going through the case. They're in Brennan's office. Who's they? Sweets is sitting on the couch and reading Booth's report. Sweets Sweets is back. back. I'm so happy. And Brennan's there waiting for him to read this report, which he's getting very frustrated by because he's going very slowly through this report. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but he's he's commenting that this report, he's finding it very interesting because it's actually saying more about Booth than it is about this Adamson guy. So, <laughs> he, already okay. that, so he already knows that Sweets already knows that this Adamson guy is not uh, homicidal because he so has funny. certain characteristics that would make him an unlikely candidate.
0: Yeah.
2: So he's very immature, he's cheap, he's greedy, and At the point that he gave that watch and the money to Roger Dillon. He probably would have at 17 years of age, taken his watch back after he murdered him, if he was going to murder him. So seems very realistic. Hodgins comes by. He wants to give some more evidence. What evidence is that? Excellent question. Turns out that that pesticide, Sorry, that that poison that they thought was poison is actually a pesticide. It is kind of important. What did I skip a point? Did I skip something? We
0: skipped a hilarious scene where Hodgins walks in to tell Brennan about this pesticide you want to talk about. And Sweets is still there. And Sweets is like, wow, you guys are like, go, go, go all the time. And Hodgins is like, yeah, we're trying to catch murderers. And (laughs) Sweets goes, yeah, and that's really dope. And then Hodgins goes, okay. Like he does not like sweets <laughs> at all. And then sweets is like, no. I'll work on, I'm going to go work on this profile right away. And I love being in the field. And then Hodgins <laughs> goes, you're in a secure lab facility. And he goes, yeah, but like, I spend all day with neurotics, like eight hours a day. So this is like being in the field for me.
2: And Brennan is like, uh and Brennan's like,
0: no like, I was literally just in his office. Like and she go- he goes, uh, not No offense, Dr. Brent. Anyway, Sweets is so psyched to be helping with the case. And I, I know that this is a role that he takes on. I know that. But yeah. I'm just excited about it. I think it's going to be fun to have yes. this new energy sort of injected into the scenes, you know? It's
2: sort of like this third party that they're able to bounce ideas off of with a different perspective, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Hodgins. Yeah.
0: What's it, after tell me about him about the pesticide? And, yeah.
2: After, after him, Hodgins and sweets are done their Awkward conversation. Turns mm. out that that poison that they thought was poison was actually a pesticide. And it just so happened that they actually had sprayed that specific pesticide at a very specific time. Right before the murder happened. This is all very helpful because they know exactly where it was sprayed. Mm-hmm. And there was a development under construction at the time That was mostly Swamp. Now there's houses there. And Mm -hmm. on the border of that lived the cheerleader. Sorry, I'm going to cough for a second.
0: Yeah, so it was a cheerleader, Janelle, who he used to tutor to make extra cash so he and Gil could buy computers. Ba-ba-ba-ba. So, that is all very
2: helpful. And I think maybe we have to go and talk to Janelle
0: perhaps perhaps also,
2: perhaps also Hodgins suggests because they're all saying oh yeah that he he was gonna go to her place because he's tutoring her he's like oh, yeah or she could be a a pe- p or he could be he could have been a peeper
1: mm-hmm. and
2: brennan's like dr hodgins please tell
0: me that boys change after high school i just i just want to know like what is this crazy town that they're this crazy footballs yeah. place, like, why is everyone still living there and married to each other somehow? Like, it's very strange to me.
2: It's a, it's definitely a small American town. Although
0: I, ha- I shouldn't say that because back where I'm from, there's lots of people who still live there, lots of people married to each other. Like, it's, it's very, yeah, a small town, exactly. Yeah. Well,
2: I guess, yeah, in these big cities like Toronto, like I don't even know. What ha- What most of the people are up to from my high school. That's not as exciting. Okay. So Angela's looking through this yearbook. Remember, yes. I said we should remember that they found a yearbook.
0: Yes. Now we're coming back. This part. We're coming back to the yearbook. Yes. <laughs> so Angela's
2: looking through the yearbook and Hodgins walks in and comments on how these are horrible hairstyles. But what Angela points out is that it's very Interesting. This is a gag yearbook. It's not a real yearbook. It's instead of best smile, most likely to succeed, it's uh, it says most likely to get head stuck up own ass and best rack, and most likely to dive a vd. <laughs> so, the people who who put That's this together, terrible. they it's awful. Um, <laughs> the people who put it together actually signed off on it, and the duo was mm-hmm. called Gruff and Grim. So now we got to figure out who is Gruff and Grim, because perhaps they put this fake yearbook and a body into the time capsule. Lots of short, quick scenes, I find in this episode, which is kind of cool. I
0: was just looking at the Mean Girls. Remember that movie Mean Girls? Oh, yeah. That would be right up your alley, I'm sure. Um, I just watched it with my niece not that long ago. They had the same. How old's your niece? she
2: is 13 i watched it with okay coach, almost 13 she's turning 13 on friday okay
0: 13 and 10 because they were trying to figure out over the weekend at what age do you show a girl mean girls <laughs> <laughs> Ten, without them hopefully without them thinking that it's okay to be that way you know what i mean like true that yeah way. because yeah. uh they have a similar thing in that a uh, movie That's like a mean yearbook. They have a burn book. The burn book. That's it. Yeah. So next we have Booth and Brennan going to interview the head cheerleader, Janelle. And Booth is relaying a tale, another tale to Brennan about you know some humiliation that's not really a humiliation and Brennan's mad at him again they're arguing at the door of this house that they're knocking on and the door opens we're still arguing with each other and she's standing there like uh hi hi (laughs) professionals want to come in (laughs) so they talk their way into her house they want to talk to her Master of her name was Janelle Brown. She's married to the principal who we saw at the beginning of the episode who was, you know, at the the master of ceremonies at the time capsule opening. Can we say master of ceremonies anymore? Is that a word we can say? I think so. MC. Okay. just checking. So she tells them that Roger was her tutor and he had a crush on her then they're interrupted by her son her son's name is I forget alex now. alex okay brennan starts staring at this kid like she's really staring at this kid and janelle says you know hi to this kid and then says goodbye to her kid so she walks her janelle walks her kid alex to the door brennan snoops around this living room they're in and she actually steals a framed family photo and she stuffs it into her jacket like it's absolutely wild to me
2: are you surprised though the second i saw this kid i was like "Mm."
0: like yeah this is a problem (laughs) a little bit of an issue with this episode right like it's like all these little like we meet that african-american science teacher it was useless we meet john adamson it's useless and now we meet alex and we're like oh what's going on anyway chad Lowe, he's got a heavy hand okay i'm just gonna say that as a director regardless (laughs) janelle comes back from saying goodbye to her son tells him that roger came by the night that he was killed but she never saw him again Then she gets up. Brendan gets up and wants to leave right away. And (laughs) Booth isn't done asking questions, but he follows her. He's like, okay, I guess we're leaving. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. That whole thing where she's like, okay, thanks for your time. And she starts walking away and and Booth's like in the middle of trying to ask this woman a question. He goes, oh, okay, I guess we're going. Like, it's so, I thought that was funny.
2: It was funny. I agree. They got back on the same page, even though uh, they were fighting right at the beginning about his latest sexual conquest that he was trying to turn into an embarrassing story. (laughs)
0: Exactly.
2: So they keep getting worse and worse. Uh, So it becomes very obvious. And it was obvious even during the scene that we just talked about why she stole the photo. And so she goes and talks to Angela and she gets her to pull up a photo of who Alex's father is supposed to be the principal And she says, okay, yeah, he has these features that are identical to his dad. And Angela Mm. says, what are you talking about? He has none of the same. Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Angela, it dawns on Angela. It's like, oh, Bren's saying that Roger Dillon, the victim, is actually Alex's father. Because he has all these same genetic markers just in his physical appearance. So they think that it's possible that Mr. Stinson, the principal, killed Roger back in the day
2: because he found out that Roger was having sex with his girlfriend it is this this character has very distinct facial features it's not like like they were really trying to make it obvious that this is definitely his son
0: yeah (laughs) it was very how we'll talk about how obvious they made it oh
2: yeah oh boy okay so let's carry on to the most awkward but kind of heartwarming uh scene ever so we're back at the yeah. fbi and booth and brennan have brought janelle and her husband terry stinson into the fbi headquarters and they're having a little conversation they're asking for dna they want to do a dna test um because they can't rule anything out and brennan kind of just comes out and says it is it possible that alex isn't your biological son uh mm-hmm. mr stinson he's like "Ah." Oh, what do you mean? Uh, and it's very clear that he has no idea that Alex is not actually his biological son. And it's very heartwarming, actually. Toward the end of this scene, he, he says it doesn't matter that he's not my biological son. He's my son. We're we're a family and that nothing. Which will is great, so but there's no sweet. way.
0: It's great, but there's no way no man in the middle of a heated argument with their wife has said he's, you know. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Are you sure he's mine? You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yes. So now all those arguments <laughs> uh,
2: have a different meaning. Although, did Janelle, during those arguments, did she go, ah? Uh,
0: yeah, really. I you can't win. believe after you win. all this time, 20 <laughs> years, it still hasn't come up. But regardless, we hear Janelle say the words that she felt that her husband, at the time when they were teenagers in high school, she felt like her husband was, quote unquote, that guy. Yes. And then after... All this stuff happens between her and Roger and her like her husband or boyfriend at the time. she realized that oh he's she tells him that he's she's pregnant, and she realizes that he's not that guy, like he's actually a good guy, yeah, and so she married him because she knew that he was a good guy, yeah, um, it actually
2: was kind of sweet, but i, feel I just so can't bad believe for that both he had no
0: idea i can't believe- yeah, but
2: this poses a problem because he had no idea that he wasn't the father so how could he have killed exactly right so now we're back to the drawing board and booth and brennan are talking with sweets and sweets has a theory that sweets Sweets has
0: a theory Bob, i'm gonna sing it sweets is back okay
2: so sweets is going is talking about who the murderer could be and he's saying that based on his analysis of everything this would be someone who would have wanted the time capsule to be open and would have been waiting for the time capsule to be open so that he Uh could be punished for his crimes that it's someone who didn't really make it very far in their career they kind of got stuck as he's talking it becomes very obvious to me who the killer is but i will not spoil i will not spoil it brennan during this whole thing sweets insults booth saying aren't you listening to me why why aren't you listening to me kind of thing and brennan is like excuse me agent booth is an excellent listener Mm. so um i just thought it was interesting that after she's been shitting on him this entire episode she's like no sweets don't make fun of my man so (laughs) anyway he really wants I to like, be able to tell his girlfriend that he caught a murderer, so he's really hoping that his profile is right. Yes, yeah, sorry, Kelly. Yeah. Well, yeah, he two things here. Yes. So he
0: talks about uh, you know, the psychological profile of this killer. And then um Brennan was like dismissing the whole uh situation psychological profiling and then Sweets you know stands up to her and says actually you know it's you know I'm an expert in my field and this is a highly educated logical conclude. like he's like basically explained yeah. to her in science words why what he's saying makes sense yeah and then Booth basically compares Sweets to a teenager because he's so young and maybe his brain isn't fully formed yet yeah. and he then Sweets is excited about the prospect of finding the murderer because I basically he's going to get a blow job from his girlfriend if yes he does exactly. Question. Do we ever meet Sweets's girlfriend? Yes, we do. Okay, that's all I need In- to know. No further soon. information required. Soon. Oh, oh yes, fun.
2: We will meet her soon.
0: I just so- want to say that. Okay, sorry. The next no no we're back at the lab,
2: back at the lab. So it becomes very obvious. Hodgins saves the day and is talking about the the type of substance that he found on on the where Roger would have been murdered, basically where he would have been Mm -hmm. hit. And Cam makes a point. Oh, actually, now that you're saying that, Gil Bates worked paving driveways, and that could have been an asphalt shovel.
0: Yeah. So they find a, a petroleum byproduct that basically would have broken down, but would have originally been asphalt. We remember that Gil said that he was a, he worked paving driveways with asphalt. So yeah. they put two and two together. They figure that uh, Gil killed Roger by, you know, severing his neck with his asphalt shovel, which is yep. a blunt, blunt ish object. So this is, as we said earlier, so obvious who it was. Yeah. Also, the fact that Stinson, the principal guy who's married to the cheerleader now, called Gil Bill is so funny to me because they went to school together. I just think it's like this to me is at the beginning of the episode when he calls him Bill, it made me laugh so hard the first time and then realizing throughout the episode like that they actually knew each other and they went to school together and stuff. I just think. It's, yeah. It was so funny. It was so funny to me. Regardless, where are <laughs> we now? In... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're in the interrogation room. Oh.
2: And this scene honestly broke my heart because yeah. Gil obviously has he has. He's been beating himself up for the last 20 years about killing his friend. So they got in a fight because he was saying that his dream had changed and but he i mean roger roger had come to him that night and it said you know what i i love i love janelle i i i need money i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna i'm in love with her i, I can't follow through with our idea and this really really upset uh gill because Gil had put everything that everything into into this project and so he they got in a fight and roger hit him and then he grabbed his asphalt shovel and he smacked him or like mm-hmm. jabbed him with it, not meaning to kill him. And the way that he jabbed him, he, he died instantaneously. Basically he yeah. was not aware. He just, he had been told by Roger that he was in love with Janelle not that Janelle was pregnant. Yeah. So now he realizes that, he, that he had fathered this son. There were all these things that he didn't know at the time that, yeah, really add to the regret. You can tell.
0: It sounds like a terrible death. It sounds like he almost decapitated him with this shovel. Yes. like it's awful. Yeah,
2: and it turns
0: out I can't that believe Roger... that Gill wouldn't be covered in blood. He would have been, I think, while he's. Stuffing it sounds his like friend. he held him into this capsule.
2: Yeah, because I think he said that he. He was so he he held him and he told him how sorry he was and yeah and he knew that he didn't mean it but um it's, it's but awful he would have been it's covered awful. in blood for sure terrible but it but terrible. these are this is gruff and grim so Roger yes. was grim and he was gruff and Booth is just poking at this guy the whole time and calling him gruff the whole time and yeah. he's asking him to stop and he's asking him to stop but he doesn't stop and Anyway, so unfortunately, Jill, Gil is going to go to jail for a very long time, mm. but he still ends this scene by saying that he hopes he gets the chance to tell him, the son, Alex, about his father. Yeah. Which I don't think Alex is going I to want to hear that from don't him. don't think that's going to happen, Something Gil.
0: <laughs> You're delusional.
2: <laughs> so
0: uh. we get to our last Scene. Yes. So next we have Booth and Brennan at the Royal Diner. Booth is trying to tell another story about his childhood. Booth basically was accused of being a Philistine or a Philistine, whatever, however you say yeah. it. And Booth his booth's response to that when he was a teenager was like i'm not a philistine i'm catholic anyway i thought that was really funny and everybody thought it was really funny how stupid booth was when he was a teenager regardless booth's friends basically bullied a kid and booth is humiliated that he didn't stop them that's where he's at with it um yeah booth rennan wasn't totally satisfied with this humiliating story um and then Booth had a little toy in his hand, and it was Brainy Smurf. And Bo- Brennan was mad because she wanted the Smurfette. And he's like, yeah, but you're better than Smurfette. You are Brainy Smurf. You're better than Smurfette. You're smart. He says all these really complimentary things yeah, um, to Brennan about how awesome she is. Anyway, this doesn't matter. This dialogue doesn't fucking matter because it the whole cute, time though. they're sitting there staring at each other into each other's eyes, really close to each other while he's talking about how awesome she is. And I just it's getting out of control. This whole
2: they look like close they're about to... talking. Yes.
0: Yes. It's the close talking eyes, like looking at each other deeply across the table. There's no food. They're not eating. They're not having coffee. They're just sitting there. He's giving her a toy. And I was just like, what is going on here? Like, seriously, guys, like, would you just like make a decision already? Kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, that kind of moment would be where they would hold hands, where he would like touch her hand or something yes. like That's like more of a And then an kiss. Intimate and then fuck 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 <laughs> could you imagine that's the next step if you just went around have sex have sex have sex
1: <laughs> get a so room
0: fun. just get a room get a room <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh so that's my the God. end of our episode it was a bit scattered i apologize to everyone listening but boy oh boy what'd you think of it let's make it snappy
2: honestly i feel like us it feels like it was scattered because that's how the episode was there were so many <laughs> like twists and turns of being like Ugh, "Hey, yeah maybe it's this guy wait no maybe it's this guy no mm, no. no maybe it's this guy no. Mm, no so i knew right away who it was oh yeah immediately as soon as he opened the capsule
0: no like when he was there and he was called gil and i was just like okay and then somebody his father said oh it was Gil's best friend i was like oh Gil did it for sure honestly when they when he
2: opened it <sighs> up just because i have seen him in a in recent episode recent shows where he's been been the bad guy i was like this guy did it it's him for yeah. sure it's him <laughs> it was good Aww. honestly i i don't mind this episode i thought it was pretty good it's it is a bit of a doozy in terms of like it jumps around a bit um yeah the characters are good the story is pretty good it, i just found it to be kind of depressing like it's a little sad It was
0: depressing it's very sad the whole situation is terrible not enough cam i don't know yeah. just and booth being a total dick the whole time i do zach like either uh, yeah there's a little bit of like yes we know zach was bullied but then um i like sweets getting involved i like that sort of aspect of it too yeah so you like okay. the episode or how did you feel about it generally i'm still on the fence i don't know how i feel about it i've just yeah. there's something about it that's off to me in terms of its relationship to the other episodes and what is yeah. this episode seven okay i wonder so if film s- them in a different order this is a thing i'm wondering because it feels a little bit disjointed after last episode you know anyway yeah. i just feel like it's a bit disjointed because last episode was like a creepy kind of yeah. hitchcockian vibe and this one was just dee, 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 it was just kind of like like i said a lot of red herrings that were ridiculous and yeah unnecessary but most but the most important question i have for you right now is who is your king of the lab and who Obviously is your sweets. lab rat okay Sweet, we agree we agree yes you agree? Sweets is king the king the, the king of lab, hundred percent. King of the lab, sweets, hundred oh.
2: percent. Labrod. I always forget about this, so I never think about it. Okay, I I just think sweets. Who's your lab rod? I have I'll a go feeling,
0: have a feeling that Brittany's going to say sweets is her her king of the lab every episode now.
2: <laughs> every episode he's in. I every love episode. his character. I just love his character. I think he's so. I think he's funny. He's helpful.
0: We'll Look see. At my junk. I, I love it. My junk. She I love it. My junk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Look I'm look trying to think. Junk.
2: Trying to think who my lab rot is. My lab rot. If you're, re- if you're ready.
0: I'm if ready Ready for it.
2: Okay. I am ready.
0: Roger Dillon's father.
2: Oh, yeah. Lab Rat. Okay. I, well, I do agree with you. My lab rot is definitely the the send the politician. What was his name again?
0: John Adamson
2: yes john adamson that guy It could because... be booth you
0: know we could put booth and throw booth under the bus for this one
2: yeah he's okay
0: he always redeems himself eh
2: yeah right at the end i was like okay he's not bad
0: and even though roger's father is like sober and everything i still it's unforgivable to me unforgivable well he, he beat his kid
2: which is just awful and he doesn't even and care the fact that, that... he met, went away
0: Not even that, but like his mother didn't, like his ex-wife didn't like contact him hysterical looking for her son. Like, come on, man. True. Yeah, even
2: though there was that note, I wonder, did Gil write that note or do you think that Roger actually did write
0: that note because he was planning to run away with Janelle? That's a really good question. I assumed Gil wrote it, but you might be right because he would have had time to write that note. But then Janelle turned him down. Yeah. Which is awkward. But how did Janelle turn him down and then he told Gilly he was gonna run away with her anyway? That's I weird. think so. Yeah, the timing's weird. Because he she went didn't to see her the night. Down. He went to see her the night he died. She turned him down, and yeah. he went back and told his friend he was gonna run away with her anyway, even though she turned yeah. him down.
2: Yeah. That's Isn't that weird? That
0: timing is weird. I'm sorry. Yeah. Unless she was lying. Maybe a gentle listener will send us a correction note to tell us how we went wrong in this one. But regardless, those are our rats and our kings. And that is our episode. And that's all I have to say about this one. I want to wrap it up and just say thank you to everyone for listening. Please check us out on Instagram and Facebook. And obviously you can listen to us on YouTube. Uh, I'll eventually get around to posting some fun content on YouTube, perhaps for some videos together. But you know what? Time is a flat circle. And you know what? I'm running out of it. And that zoom on your camera is wild. It's screaming me (laughs) out.
2: It's like Why is hey, it going
0: over there. Do you remember that you have this laundry to fold behind you? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. The camera just panned over to your elbow. Are you moving your elbow a lot or something? No, I'm not it's moving very at all. I have not moved I know. at all. I know. You're trying to be really still. It's so funny. <laughs> what is <laughs> so happening weird. in that room? You must have <laughs> a ghost. So- we have to have a ghost. Casper? Ooh. Casper, is that you? casper no his name is joe and he died like 10 years ago no
2: this is just casper the friendly ghost he is no it's joe
0: he died at a party it was like a bunch of teenagers while their parents were away and he od'd on something or had alcohol poisoning and barfed in his mouth and choked on it great is that horrifying (laughs) enough for you (laughs) can't wait to go to sleep uh Yeah. So just, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I'm looking forward to this composer. Uh, His music is really, really noticeable, even though it says on Wikipedia that he was with the show all along, like from season one, but he, he stops in season up to season four. I think he stops being their composer, but I've only really just noticed the music this season, like the, the, the interesting, creepy music he does. I have to pay more
2: attention to it because you brought it up last time. I'm going to listen I noticed to it for the next one too. episode.
0: Yeah. I noticed in this one too. It was wild. It was wild. I'm anyway. going to listen for next episode for sure. On that note, thanks again for listening to this episode of Podcast. <laughs> Did it work better? I went earlier perfect. than I thought. You're, okay. you're just on the nose. <laughs> perfect. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at TheCrystalMethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena dolance stagen You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at SquintCast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.
1: Hodgins!